0: Welcome to the InsureTech Australia podcast. My name is Simon O'Dell. I am a modest member of an amazing group of humans that co-founded InsureTech Australia, the not-for-profit peak body representing Australia's InsureTech needs. Today, we're catching up with Daniel Fogarty. A quick bio on Dan. Dan is the co-founder and CEO of Avari, an innovative insurance SaaS solution for insurers, MGAs, and consumer brands operating in the US, Australia, UK, and many other markets. The borough uses its own tech as a Lloyds cover holder and MGA to provide small businesses with insurance in Australia. Dan, as you may know, is the former CEO of Zurich General Insurance Australia and in New Zealand and held executive positions at Suncorp, Vero and at Westpac. Needless to say, he has a comprehensive understanding of the complexities of endurance. Dan is also a fellow and board member of ANZIF and a member of the Advisory Committee of Injortic Australia. He is the chair of the Advisory Committee for Time and Space and a volunteer lifesaver at Manly Beach. I'm sure he looks amazing in Budgie Smugglers. He has a Masters from Stanford University Graduate School of Business and a Bachelor of Commerce from the University of New South Wales. And the list goes on. This was a really special catch up with Dan. Where else, I guess, can you hear a candid first-hand account of a CEO, a prominent CEO, leaving their PA behind and their high-profile gig to launch a high-risk startup? So let's get straight into it. Thank you for joining us today, Daniel.
1: Great, thanks, Simon. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, talk to you and your listeners today.
0: Great, uh, Dan. In more ways than one, you've re- reinvented yourself. How did you make your way from CEO of Zurich to launch in an insurance startup such as Safari? Um, what was your inspiration or, or catalyst for, for this reinvention?
1: Yeah, great, great question. I, I was interesting when I when I left Zurich. Uh, I was I was doing what what many people would do and, and looking back in the corporate world while while also having that uh, uh, burning desire to do a startup. Uh, my background, I, I, I went to Stanford University and, and the business school there, they, they sort of specialise in trying to teach people how to do startups. So I'd already always had that as a, a potential ambition. And, and the inspiration for me was really the work that I did while I was at Zurich. Uh, whenever I could, I went out at Claims Time. Uh, and look, for a for senior executive, the best time to go to Claims Time is after a natural disaster because there are just so many claims you can see at once. And, and I made sure I did that on a number on a number of occasions, sort of pretty much whenever I could. And I was always amazed at how many people did not have the right insurance. And unfortunately, it's only at claims time that you find out whether you have the right insurance or not. And one particular example stuck in my mind it was after the Brisbane flood uh, in, in you know, a number of years now ago. Now, this customer came in. You know, Zurich uh, actually supported flood insurance. So they had full flood insurance at the time. And this guy was irate that he wasn't properly covered. And I started looking into the situation and what I found was that, you know, our assessor had been out there and and this this client was insured for about half a million dollars worth of stock. Our assessor had been out there and said, look, there's at least $1.6 million worth of stock that's been damaged here. And for a small business, like that is a huge amount of money. If you've just lost $1.1 million dollars, because you've had the wrong number on your insurance policy and that number is sitting in your cloud accounting system and you can see what would happen in a a situation like that you know normally it's the the spouse and it wasn't this situation the spouse who had set up the insurance Um, there would be this discussion at home going why didn't you have the right insurance value and then it'd be why didn't you tell me you bought all this stock Uh, and so our first idea was really with Avari was how do we link into the cloud accounting data so that we can take that accounting data straight into the insurance process so that people can get the right insurance. Uh, and really, yeah, that's that's been a core value of what we've been doing is is how do we help people get the right insurance? Because if you get the right insurance, then when claim time comes, we just pay the claim. And the industry is great at paying claims, but we don't pay claims if you have the wrong policy. And yep. that's really where the whole, the whole debate comes. So, so really, for me, it was driven by... Uh, interacting with the customer, wanting to do a startup and and probably also understanding that great tech can get us there.
0: Yeah, great. And did you feel that within Zurich it would be much more difficult to introduce that proposition to the market as opposed to um, introducing a startup using these um, learnings from Stanford and, and your other education?
1: Yeah, look. The interesting thing was at Zurich we uh, we actually had reasonably good tech. So um, uh, so one one reason why why uh, we were able to be successful there is we, we I was there when we introduced stream Express. Uh, you know it was new technology. Uh, you know Zurich has spent a lot of money on the technology. It's, it's still going well for them today. But uh, but I, I realised the tech needed to go a lot further. Uh, and and in a large organisation, look, it is hard to do that because you have to justify everything. All the way through, and, and and what the program's going to look like for the next five to ten years. Uh, whereas in a startup, you have a go, and if it doesn't work, you, you change, yeah, you know, and you change very quickly. So yeah, uh, so I think, and, and I really do think that that's the whole thing for the industry here is it's much better for startups to be going and trialing those things for the big organisations and, and the, the medium-sized organisations and the smaller ones working with insuretechs, going how do I, yeah, how can we how can we trial new technology here, and then once once you uh, land on something that really works as well, how do you scale that to uh, uh, so, so you can give that benefit to customers and, and shareholders?
0: Yeah, great. Thank you for that. Um, so are you able to tell us, speaking of scaling a little bit more about your journey from, from start-up to scale-up um, to growth um, for Avari And in what ways, personally, have you had to adapt most during these highly volatile and challenging stages, I guess?
1: Yeah. So look, I, I would say the uh, you know they, they're all very different. Um, and when we started, look, as I said, we started with an idea that was linking in the cloud accounting. Uh, you know, to be frank, it didn't work as well as it could. Um, and the reason for that was that clients were saying, "Well, you want to download my cloud accounting and give it to who? Who, <laughs> who is it? Um and so we realised very early on that our brand, no one knew our brand, uh, which is why we've, we've gone into partnering with big brands. Uh, so, very fortunately, we have, you know, we have a uh, we have a partnership for distribution with Bunnings, and we have another partnership for distribution with RAC, uh, and we've just launched a, launched another one as well, Service.com.au. Uh, so, so we're using other brands to to, to launch our business, uh, to, to to market our business for us. Um, and, you know, as you, as you go through those stages, you realize, hey, look, uh, you know, this doesn't work. What will work? What can we try? Uh, and then and then you've got to throw yourself right behind them. So, uh, you know, I'd say that, you know, I, I, and I see this happening with other startups, people have focused on the product when they start and is my product good? Is my product saleable? And then they launch their product and they go, oh, now I've got a market. Um, actually the markets marketing that's the hardest because there's so many brands out there so so for us the you know the startup phase was you know we're excited the first customer the second customer. Uh, now we're like you know how can we're not having more and more and more customers it's a, it's quite a quite a different stage for that uh and and in our business we've really pivoted our our focus so what happened was when we launched our our first product a lot of insurers looked at what we were doing and saying oh can i have that technology as well uh so we've Changed uh, the main focus of our business from being a underwriting agency or an MGA providing insurance directly to small businesses to providing the technology to insurance businesses, uh, so to underwriting agencies, MGAs, uh, small insurance companies, uh, and, and larger insurance companies uh, uh, to help them be able to provide insurance that's easy to buy, easy to manage, and flexible to changing needs. So. I think when you start the journey you go look this is a vision of what i'm going to be doing uh whereas if you said back when we started that we'd be doing what we'd be doing now i'd say well i I, i'd be surprised at that but yeah we've found we've found the right niche for us uh and now we're and now we're growing quite nicely.
0: yeah great thank you and in which countries or regions do you have um staff on the ground
1: yeah so we have um so we have a t- our team is based in the UK and in Australia. Uh, so we have uh, a, a team in London, a team in Birmingham in the UK. Uh, m- most of our team are in Perth, uh, and that's and that's really where we started. Uh, and we only have two people in Sydney, so uh, we're not we're not that large in Sydney. Uh, really, my job is more a Perth job than a Sydney job. But if I was in Perth, I'd be flying. Well, not not that I can at the moment, but. I would be flying back to Sydney all the time because everything happens on, you know, most things happen on this side of the country from an insurance point of view. Yeah. Uh, but we, we've, we've it's been great for us to be domiciled mainly in Perth. Uh, yeah, Particularly at the moment, you know, uh, it's uh, restrictions in Perth are being lifted a lot quicker than they are elsewhere in the country. It's great.
0: Yeah. And is it quite challenging managing a disparate team? Um, you've got time zone challenges and obviously a lot of other challenges. How have you gone about Overcoming some of those challenges of having a global
1: team. Yeah, look, I'd I'd say yeah, the the global nature of our business is uh, is even greater than where we're we're located. Uh, We've got clients in uh, so this is the first the first insurance client to use our software uh, was based in Chicago, Uh, so they're using our software uh, to sell earthquake, landslide, and flood insurance for West Coast states so uh, california nevada arizona and and uh, oregon uh, so you know we've got we've got businesses from you know the west coast of, of the usa to the east coast of the usa uh, in europe uh, we're doing we're doing we're doing things in asia at the moment uh, and you know we're we're obviously doing things across australia so you know like a typical day for me is just about how you fit these things in. So, uh, yesterday I started at, at six a.m. Sydney time. I was in. I was, had a meeting in Boston. Uh, so, working remotely works well for me because I started in Boston, then I worked in Sydney, uh, then I then I was in Perth, and I had a meeting in Melbourne. Uh, then we had a meeting in Tel Aviv. Uh, interestingly, uh, then one in Milan, uh, and then in London, and then I finished my day communicating with New York. So, um, you know, look, that's uh, look, and as all founders know, look. Running a startup is pretty crazy. You just need to work it so it works for your life. Uh, so, so w- the way we work between Australia and the UK is that we have uh, the overlap time is is really full of meetings. So, uh, if someone wants to have a meeting with me, sort of, you know, after sort of uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. So, sort of four to seven is a busy time for me, Sydney time, uh, when I, when I'm communicating with the team over there. And then, and then what we do is is we just have meetings later. So. Um, you know, I said to one client, they wanted to have you know, having a six a.m. meeting. is pretty rare for me uh, doing things first thing in the morning. I try to. That's when I try to sort of get get my exercise in in the morning. Uh, and and I think from a from a founder's point of view, you got to make sure you look after your health as well. So it is it is pretty challenging having different time zones, but you can do it, and you just need to manage your diary so that you can get the sleep you need and uh, and, and interact with people at the right time. Yeah, uh, great. And, and, and then be flexible.
0: Yeah. So you're finding that if you're not having to spend time commuting that, you're yeah, on balance, more productive?
1: Uh, yeah, look, I'd, I think so. I mean, I think that the, the thing is that, you know, we're, we're in the relationship business. Uh, and look, I, I'd say that about insurance anyway. When, when I think about the insurance industry, I mean, I, I like the insurance industry because it's really, there's really two things about the insurance industry I really like. One is it's all about people. Uh, and the second is it's intellectually challenging, because um, it's all about people, and, it, and it's all about people. Whether you're in insure tech or whether you're in a, in a, in a large insurer, yeah, you want to meet people, and and that is challenging in this environment where you can actually meet people. But once you've built a relationship with someone, then you can it's fine to talk to them over 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 uh, a yeah, Zoom call or, or, or whatever it might be. Um, so for us, we're sort of still working out how this new world works. Um, interestingly. Yeah, you know, we've been able to acquire customers remotely, without actually seeing them, um, and that's and and that just shows that people are getting more comfortable with this technology. And I think this whole lockdown has been great for digital companies to be able to do that. Now you know, now we have to say, well, you can do this via Zoom. Uh, yes, I would like to meet you, and I would like to shake your hand, and I would like to understand you know, what the business looks like from your from your side. But hey, look, this is the world we're in, and we can do all of our business remotely. So um, yeah, look, I. I'd say for us, you know, what happened during lockdown was, you know, we just picked up our computers and went home uh, and we have been more productive. Uh, and that's mainly because we're growing and we've got demand. So, uh, you know, the, we come in every day, you know, we get up every day and we, and we, know, it needs to, we know it needs to happen uh, and it's just a matter of prioritising those.
0: Great. Thank you. It's good to get that feedback. It's quite interesting to hear how different people have, um, adapted to the new world, as you say, and um, sounds like you've done it quite effectively um, in terms of being able to continue driving your business forward. So, well done. In terms of talent, it's obviously quite key. Um, and it, as you say, it's quite difficult to get, go out and about and meet new people. I think, as you touched on, it's probably a little bit more palatable in this environment to make introductions that reach out via LinkedIn these days, considering you can't attend events and network and, and meet new people the way that you otherwise would pre-COVID. Um, have you had to hire anyone in this period or more um, looking further back? Um, how has a Barry, um approached hiring in the past? It'd be great to get your thoughts on that, please.
1: Yeah. Look. So, so on, on on hiring, yeah, this is. So, so we've we've changed our approach uh, recently, uh, and so, so I'll, I'll describe our approach. We had sort of pre pre lockdown, and I'll describe our approach now. But, so what we what we like to do is uh, we like to have a few people talk to a potential candidate. Um, so they, they meet with a few of the team. Uh, you know, we're we're really. I mean, I think as a startup, you need to be really fussy about the people you're bringing in. I mean, you, you all you do it in every company, but when you're a small company, you know, you get you get people who aren't who aren't a good mix. Then you end up spending a lot of time bringing them in, and then and then and then they exit. Uh, look, and that happens to everyone. There's, you know, we've we've got a pretty robust uh, hiring process, but there's been some people who come in for a week and then gone. off oh, not for me. It's not what I expected. Um, so, so we, we get people to speak to a number of our team. Uh, we, we always get them to do a test. Uh, and I, I find the test really interesting. So, uh, maybe I'll, I'll disclose the secret about our test. So, so, we get people to pair with someone else in the company. And the test is actually not just about capability, it's about teamwork. Um, and we've actually done the most effective, we've got one of our quieter team members who does the test often. And it's actually the test to see whether the, the candidate listens to the suggestions. So where you know we're, we're doing something together, um, you know we're testing for capability. Does this person actually understand what they're doing? Can they work in this environment? And we're going are they are they a team member who is going to listen to everyone in the team? Because you know you need to work collaboratively. So so that's been a key part of us, and, and even our um, you know we employed a financial controller. We, we had a test had to create a test for, for her to do, uh, and it was really good. It was really good seeing the way that she reacted to that test. So, again, the test is on, you know, either a, you know, for customer service staff or, or for developers. But we try to do that across the business. So what we've done recently, so we've just, we, we've had a hiatus period where we haven't employed anyone uh, for a number of months while we've been working out what lockdown uh, means. Uh, we've been fortunate not to have to put anyone off because uh, we've had, we've been busy and we've, we've got plenty of work. Uh, and we've just recently started hiring again, uh, and our approach here has changed. and it's it's changed because primarily because we're hiring in the UK uh, where you know there's a higher unemployment rate than there is here. Um, there've been some really good people uh, around, and and we've decided to truncate the the recruitment process because the quicker someone can get on the job, the better. Uh, but then we've been frank and said, look, if this doesn't work, then we need to have a very frank conversation. That it doesn't work after a week, uh, and you know yourself. When you start a new job, you know more about the company working with them for the first week than you would in the in, would in the interview process. So, so you as a candidate know more about 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 the company, and the company knows more about you as a candidate. So, we've sort of gone. How can we how can we truncate the the uh, selection process so that we get people in as soon as possible? Um, and like last week, for example, we employed someone. Uh, we did the interviews on Tuesday. We offered the job on Wednesday. They started on Friday. Uh, <laughs> so now they've, they've already had three days at a barry and I spoke to them last night and said, so how's it going? And, and, and they go, "Well, I'm really excited about this. And, you know, I can see what we're doing here. And we have a much better feel for this person after three days uh, than we would through the interview process, which probably would have taken another another week just to coordinate people's diaries so they could meet with people. Um, whereas this guy uh, appears to be really good and he's, he's up and running, he's, he's working. So um, so really, we're, we're going to try this new process for a while. Look, we might change again in a few weeks, um, but it's easier when you have got great talent who are out there in the market. Uh, and, and it really depends, as I said, about who we're bringing in. If someone's got to resign from another the job, then we're going, to, we're going to be much more thorough about that process, uh, but because we have had people out there who are available, we're
0: the process yeah great that's brilliant really nice to hear that so very much it's about um getting a technical and capability fit identified for the candidate against the role and then working out whether they're a personality or character match for the team and that they are going to be collaborative um in their approach to service servicing their function in the business
1: yeah that's right And, and and also we need we need them to be flexible so we have a We've our development teams split across the UK and Perth, uh, so we've got uh, so we've got teams that so we we split our development team up into smaller teams, and so if you come and work for Avari, then you're undoubtedly going to be doing calls if you're in Australia in the evening and if you're in the UK early in the morning. Uh, so um, so you know we want we want to make sure people are flexible about that they they that they can they can they can cope with that, but also we then we give them flexibility so. Was having a meeting yesterday with, with uh, someone and, and uh, one of my team members was in the car picking up their kids. I mean, they were just on listen mode. Um, and, and that's fine, you know. So, so we offer we offer a lot of flexibility to people to be able to operate from home. Uh, and quite a few people have always worked from home. So it's, uh, working remotely is uh, good as well. So uh, yeah, so there's a combination of things that goes in the home.
0: Okay, great, thank you. A lot of the people listening will be founders or, or people within um, in, incumbent corporate businesses and so on, but it often requires one to reflect on their own capability and how they're developing their business. And we know that it's very challenging being a founder, for example, and growing a business um, in a startup stage, hence why, I hope you don't mind, we're asking a few questions about yourself as a personally and character and so on. So really appreciate you providing that advice and, and learnings for, for people. Building on that further, I hope you don't mind. Um, what would you say is unique about your character that would you would attribute to your success?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I was going to say my answer to this question and, and, and your comments earlier, yeah, when, you, when you're a founder and, and when you're a leader, you really need to understand yourself. Uh, and the more you understand yourself, the more you understand what day you had to bring. And I'm a great believer that if you can do, if you can be yourself and bring your best self to work every day, then you are going to, that's going to be better for you, it's going to be better for the company, uh, and you're going to have more fun, the company's going to be more successful. So really, you do need to work out what you're good at and what you're not good at, and what you're fussy about and what you're not fussy about. Uh, and, and ideally... You know at the founder stage you can find co-founders who who are good in your areas and weakness uh so yeah, you know, that can be pretty obviously technically when you start you can go hey look i'm not i'm not, I'm not the tech founder uh that's you know, i'm the i'm the insurance guy that that's uh and you know and rob's the rob's the risk guy and the tech guy and, and brax that Brax the tech uh and and and, and, and the entrepreneur guy. Uh, but between the three of us, we also complement each other uh, as, far, as far as what we're strong in and not strong in. Uh, so, yeah, for, for me personally, yeah, I, I like to connect people. You know, I, I love working with people. Uh, you know, so people management's been, been a strength of mine. I've, I've, I've had senior roles so I can bring the, bring the benefit of that people management to the way we do things at Avari. Uh, you know, I, I've also got a strong financial background. You know, I'm a, I'm a chartered accountant for my sins, so uh, you know I understand the numbers. Uh, so, bringing that and you know really understanding, you know how we how we drive a business by, by numbers, how we make sure we get you know. As I keep telling founders, this is all about cash. This is not about profit. This is about cash, uh, and it's even more about cash in 2020 than it has been in any other year. Uh, so. Yeah, I've got a strong background in that. I was a banker as well. So I understand, understand cash. Uh, and also because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm am I'm a more, a, a more advanced in my career. How do I say that politely? I'm old, I'm older than other people. Uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got all this network and experience that I can bring uh, to the business. So, you know, it's been my network that's helped us raise capital. Uh, it's been my experience. that's given us credibility uh, and, yeah, but but I know that the credibility of our company comes from from all of us. So what Brack and Rob are doing and what the rest of the team are doing, so we we're doing great things. But yeah, you know, some people go, well, he's the ex CEO, blah blah blah. Therefore, he must know, um, and that that's opened the door for us. So so really, I think it's it's going it's going. You know, what what can I bring to the table that that are my greatest assets, uh, and how can I do that do that more and more, uh, and. Yeah, and how can I then lean on the other guys, or so the, other, the other, my other team members to go, well, how can you cover the things that I'm not so good
0: at? Yeah, I remember the first time I met you, I think uh, was 2016 or 2017 at the end of awards. Um, just as a sample of one testimony for what you just said um, about being a people person. I, I met you that night, I felt like I had known you for at least six 12 months already after a quick conversation. Um, it was, it, was, it was great. I think Brent and Charlie introduced us, so that was um, that was a nice introduction.
1: That's, good. That's great to meet you too. Me. I feel like we've
0: waited together for a lot longer than that. Uh, yeah. Than, um, it does seem like that. Um, if, given that we're in a, a macro downturn and you touched on it in the previous question, is there any specific advice you'd give to pre-seed, seed stage uh, founders um, facing depleting motivation um, in this macro downturn?
1: Yeah, look, I think I, there's a lot I can I can talk about this and I might I, cut and paste out what you like. But I, I would say, firstly, this is not the time to deplete motivation. I've got to say, this is the best time to be in tech of, for ages. You know, it, as I said earlier, we are talking about people being prepared to do Zoom calls around the world. Now, that's something that people were going no you have to turn up to my office and talk to me uh, and everyone knows they need to adopt tech yeah we've seen that we see them the share prices of all the tech companies they've all gone up because everyone's going now's the time to adopt tech so i would say look this this may feel like the hardest time but we're in a great environment for people to adopt tech and you need to be motivated to get out there, and it—it it, it is going to be more challenging. And we're, and you know—and plenty and of people have said this before me, but you know that you look at the previous downturns. The companies that have done well and survived those downturns have come out much stronger. So, so take that as motivation. Um, I would say so. That's the first thing: is 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 turn your motivation around. This is a great time. Well, the second thing is for me as up. There are six words that I've been uh, sort of focusing my own efforts around as a leader. Uh, during, during this lockdown period. And that, those six words, uh, the first one is gratitude. Uh, and you need to be thankful. I mean, look, as an Australian, we need to be thankful we're here. You know, there's our, our, we've managed this well. You know, there's, there's so many things that are, that are going well in this country. Uh, but also I'm thankful that, that for all the things that I've got, you know, that what happens in a recession is you focus on the things you've lost, but hey, look, we've got a pretty good life. You know, my, my family are going to are gonna be able to eat today. I know what job I'm doing. I've got customers. You yeah, know, there's, 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 things are difficult, but there's plenty to be, to be grateful for. So I think if you start with gratitude, uh, the second one is compassion. Uh, some, some people are finding this really hard. Uh, so you've got to be compassionate with other people. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to understand that yeah things may not happen as quickly as they, they, you'd like them to. Uh, the third one is calm, I think as leaders we've got to be calm, we've got to make sure that we pass that calm on to other, other people and that's sometimes hard in this crazy environment but if you as a leader can be calm for other people then that that will come out out there. Uh, the fourth one is communicate, uh, use this opportunity to talk to as many people as you can. Because some other people, you know, all the introverts are sitting there at home, going, "My God, who do I talk to?" All the extroverts are going, "My God, I'm stuck at home." Uh, so communicate to people, tell them what's going on, and then from a business point of view, my last two are, are purpose and vision. So reconnect with the purpose about why you're doing what you're doing, and be really focused on the purpose about what you're doing. Uh, and and then and then the vision is what is your vision as a leader to to, to get out of 2020. how how do we do that so so we've been yeah the lockdown has been very good for us to go hey look these are the really important things we need to do to have a successful 2020 um and the most important part of a successful 2020 is that all the people that are here all have jobs at the end of the year uh because their families rely on it and how how can we do that what what can we do to make sure that works and, and then connecting with our purpose of how do, you know, and for us, how do we make insurance that's easy to buy, easy to manage and flexible to change your needs? That's our purpose. How do, we, how do we help insurance companies do that as many places as we can? And our vision for doing that is, uh, is working with as many insurance companies uh, and, and underwriting agencies. So one thing we're doing at the moment is helping a lot of Australian underwriting agencies with their tech. Uh, and that's something where we, we think there's a, a great level of value we can add uh, so connecting to your vision. So six words, gratitude, compassion, calm, communicate, purpose and vision.
0: It's a fairly high profile role. You've got a lot of networks that are in the corporate space. Um, you've had this, this passion sizzling away since you were at Stanford to launch a startup and, and um, practice those lean startup methods and so on. Were there any times of nerves after you left? Surely there was times of nerves after you left Zurich when you were starting to start up and thinking have I done the right thing. I left my PA behind. I have to bake my own, get my own coffee. Um, were there any times of nerves um, throughout that those first few months or years?
1: All the time. That's, uh, you know, you're making... Uh, Definitely, when you when you go into being a founder, you're taking a risk. There's no doubt about that. It it is it is much easier to work for someone else and get paid every week or every fortnight. Whereas, when you're at a startup, you're you know the 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 economics are very different, Uh, and you've got to back yourself. You've really got to trust in your in your ability to lead uh, and your ability to get this right. And the stats are right against you. You know we know that so many startups fail. Uh, and they don't necessarily fail because they're a bad idea. Maybe they're a great idea at the wrong time. Uh, maybe, maybe the market just wasn't right. You couldn't get the you couldn't get the uh, the, the sales process going. Someone you, know, you thought you had a great idea. It's taken you two years to build it, and someone else got there before you. Uh, there's plenty of things that can uh, can go wrong. Uh, and and I think it comes back to and that's that's why my you know talked about earlier my, my six words for now one of them is purpose you know why reconnect with why you're doing this you know you have to, if you're, going to do a, if you're going to do a startup you need to be really focused on the why you know why why do i want to do this so first the first why is why does the market need it and the second why is why do i need to do this and and people say this all the time you know in early startup uh, life is you know if if you haven't answered those two questions, then maybe this is not for you. Um, because, it, because there will be times it'll be very hard, and you've just got to reconnect with that purpose and go, no, I'm doing the right thing. I've been trained for this. And fortunately for me, I feel like I've been trained for this for the last sort of, you know, for, for all of my career. I've, I've got these skills. I, I, I feel very good about being able to deploy those skills. And I'm passionate about insurance, being, being in a better space. You know, insurance should be easy to buy, easy to manage and flexible to changing needs. It just should be. And if it was like that, then every time a customer bought insurance, they'd be probably covered. And when the claim times comes, we just turn up and pay the claim. As, as, as the whole industry, we're good at paying claims. So yes. and, as you see, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. And, uh, and you've got to have that passion. So when you are in those deeper, darker spots, then you go, you know how to you know re- reconnect uh the, the other thing i'd say is make sure you get good advice around you as well so um you know i i've had a personal coach uh for quite a long period of time uh and i i still see my personal coach now so uh you know that that helps me i mean the, the corporate can afford to pay for those things so get paid to pay for these things yourself um you know the startup can't afford to pay for those things but um yeah, you know, I, I, I rely on a coach and when, and when things get really tough, you know, just like you, when you're a CEO of a big organisation, you can't, you know, you can't share too much emotion around the business. You need someone to vent to or help you. And uh, um, so, yeah, I think, I think getting external advice and you can get that through a range of, you know, it could be a friend, uh, you know, it could be, be someone you're paying to actually do that. Uh, but yeah, make sure you've got someone you can talk to confidentially who can help support you emotionally.
0: Okay, thank you. How often, what's the cadence look like with that advisor? How often do you catch up with them and for how long?
1: Yeah, look, so I I, um, I can just catch up with them whenever I need it. Uh, so, um, uh, and, and we, we've been working together since, uh, we started working together in 2002. So, you know, we've been working together. She knows me pretty well. Uh, she knows my hang ups. She knows what I'm good at. Uh, and sometimes I just need to talk to her and she goes, you're good at this. You're good at this. Remember, you're good at this. You did this in, you did this at Zurich. You did this at Suncorp. You know, you did this when you were back at Westpac. Um, so uh, um, just remember, you're good at this. Go, oh, I just needed someone, you know, because I've been trying to do this. So sometimes it's it's just being a cheerleader for you, and other times it'll be, oh look, you know, remember this is one of your traps. You know, you know, pull back, stop being emotional about it, or or be more emotional about it. Whatever whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I, I just I just now have have a system where, you know, she and I just connect when when uh, when we need to, and when things get particularly difficult, I go hey, time to catch up. Um, but yeah, but but some people like to have sort of a formal mentor where they go, um, you know, and 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 a mentor uh, is, is is great as well. Uh, so we have different people to help us out. So we have a we have a very good independent board member uh, who's one of our investors. Uh, so. Um, you know, I I was talking to him yesterday, uh, so I'm talking to him about what the the business challenges are. So, so my coach is quite different to that. You know, my coach is about me, uh, and it's purely selfish. It's like, how do, how do I get the life that I want? And how do I balance the pressure at home? And, uh, you know, how do I balance my fitness? How do I balance my mental health? You you can't often talk to a, sometimes hard to talk to a board member about that, you know, if you're talking about your mental health. You're going, "Hey, look, I'm pretty stressed <laughs> at the moment." You know, you don't necessarily want to do that with a board member, but you can do that with a coach. Uh, yeah. So, and, and and I think you know, mental health is a is a big focus in in, in uh, yeah founders as well, and I think that's because they don't have someone to talk to. Uh, so you know, there's, there's things things that things there that they can manage in a different way.
0: Great, thanks. There's a lot of lot of gold in that response. Much appreciated. Just to run through. A couple of quick last questions, um, just to pull back the curtain even further on on, on Daniel Fogarty. Um, are there any historical figures, influential historical or contemporary figures, that have helped shape or or in, inspire you?
1: Look, I actually found this really hard to to uh, pinpoint. You know, a, 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 a small number. I I've got to say, I've I, I found the, the people who have inspired me the most have, have been great leaders. Great leaders who've had, who've had humility. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, 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 a there's a thing called level five leadership, which uh, um, it's Colin Collins and I think was the, the authors of that, and they talk about humility and will. Uh, and when I when I've come across leaders who have humility, humility and will, so it's humility to, you know, pass pass on the you know, credit to everyone else. You know, they know they can't do things themselves, but their determination to get things done. Uh, so I've had some great people that I've worked with uh, across across my career, uh, who, who've been able to help me with that. And uh, yeah, one, one of them's now one of my investors, which is great, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a strong leader of, a, of, a, of an ASX listed company. Um, you know, another one is, a, is someone who was, uh, you know, one, of, one of my bosses 20 years ago uh, you know, I, I, and she's she's helped me with other things so yeah you know it's, it's I think it's really about individual people who've, who've been able to help me because they've been humble uh, and determined uh, and showed me what leadership's about and, and and these things you really you really pass on as in as in you know I'm hoping I'm, I'm able to pass those sort of things on, on, on to the next generation
0: great thank you for that yeah I, I recall covering the topic of level five leadership or the concept of level five leadership at UTS um, in an MBA there. And I recall there were three things that determine the difference between a level four and the level five, uh, which is moving way out from the middle of the bell curve, obviously. I can only remember two of them. uh, Two of those three things. One of them is strong will, as you mentioned. The other one that you mentioned was empathy. Um, Okay, so another question. How have you seen the response from the incumbents um, what's your impression of their, their response and, um, and what does that tell you about their, their initiative, their thoughts on growing um, or contracting?
1: Uh, so Simon, it's been really interesting seeing how the incumbents have reacted to lockdown uh, and this whole COVID situation. They, look, there was a, there was a period you know, when, when lockdown first started where everyone was sort of going, oh my God, now I've got to work from home. Uh, you know, they, we now need tens or hundreds or thousands of people working remotely. How do I get that technology to work? Uh, and that means decision making slowed down for the first, uh, the first number of weeks while people worried about operations. And, and really, with, since then, we've seen people get, go into two categories. We've seen those who have then said, uh, the incumbents have then said, wow, now I need digital now more than ever. Uh, and let's go hard. So we've got people who have been really demanding and going, I just want to get out of market as quickly as I possible ca- possibly can. And then you've had other incumbents who have gone, oh, I need to save my money, you know, this is too hard. Um, you know, put it put it in the put it in the too hard basket and really slow things Uh And and what what we're seeing is that the more nimble customers, uh, for, from our point of view, the more nimble the more nimble incumbents, the more nimble insurers, uh, and and a lot of these are the underwriting agencies who are then going, and hey, I can now get into this market. There's an opportunity for me to get in there with great tech. They're coming to us and going, how do we use our tech? How can we deploy it quickly? And our whole value proposition of VARI is get you in the market quickly with the tech and, and enable you to act like an insure tech, which is get it out there, get your tech out there with your, your branded ideas, with, with your pricing, your underwriting, your wording, uh, and then be able to test it in real market situation. So, so we're finding that, that quite a number of incumbents are going, let's go harder at this. And I think that's the biggest risk for the incumbents who said, let's delay this uh because some the people who are delaying it you know we know that a insurance book slowly goes away and for those people who are investing now then they're going let's go hard let's get let's get customers while they love tech um and as as i said earlier you know insurance should be easy to buy easy to manage and flexible for changing needs and the smarter incumbents realize that and they're going hard of the challenge
0: yeah great there's Last time I checked, there was well over 100, 120 MGA's in the Australian market, surely, um, providing a digital quote and bind, either whether it's broker channel or direct-to-consumer channel, as an opportunity to gain a competitive advantage in, in that market as well.
1: Yeah, well, Simon, so, mean, we're, we're seeing that, uh, you know, the, the underlying agencies, the MGA's, uh, here, here and in other markets are, are a great source for us to work with, You know, a, a great client for us to work with. Uh, and, and that's because, you know, their they're decision-making is shorter. Uh, they're, they're prepared to trial new things. Uh, you know, they've often got a niche product that, that takes a bit more underwriting, uh, and, and our, our technology is, is very flexible, so they can they can program that, that in. Uh, they can get referrals back if they need to, or they can just go straight through. So we're, we're finding that market to be a, a great market. We've got a number of uh, underwriting agencies we're, we're implementing at the moment, and I think once the rest of the market see those; they'll be going. Well, how do we get to technology? So, I'm excited about that part of the market, uh, you know, particularly later later this year and into next year. Uh, and then we're you know we we're, we're working with uh, large insurers as well. As I said, those those who are are embracing the challenge of digital now uh, are, are going hard as well.
0: Amazing, thank you. Are you reading a book at the moment, or is there any that you'd, you'd, you'd recommend to the listeners?
1: Yeah, look, I'd say that as far as a, a, a great book to read is uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective, by Stephen by, by Covey. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, I think that, that, that sums up what a startup is, you know, be proactive, begin with the end in mind, first things first, think win-win, you know, seek to understand before you'd be understood, you know, synergise and sharpen the saw. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're just seven great things you should be thinking about uh, all the time. And look, and when I recommend that book to people, actually, also there's another book, which I think goes the next step, which is uh, Cyril Purim's book. I don't know if you know Cyril. He's a he's a, uh, a Sydney-based um, uh, mentor. Used to work at one of the banks, uh, and he's he's written a book called "Work Smarter, Live Better," um, and and that really takes to me that takes some of the, the principles of Covey's and then makes it really practical about how you can then go how can I how can I yeah, it's nice to say be proactive and, and you know do the first things first, but how do I actually do that? And Cyril gives you tips on how to actually do, do that sort of thing. So I'd, I'd say those two books together. Uh,
0: Amazing. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, I, I love Seven Habits. Um, is there an exciting personal or professional achievement you'd like to achieve in the next uh, 12 months?
1: Yeah. The, the big thing for us is you know, I'm so driven by by Avari being successful but, but, yeah, the, the more we can realise our vision of where we're at, and, and I do actually think the next twelve months is is the exciting time for that. It takes, it does actually take a number of years to build a successful company, uh, and and I feel like, you know, I can stand you know, stand here at the, the end of June next year or the, the middle of the middle of twenty twenty one ago, we implemented all these customers in twenty twenty. We've got another another wave of new customers coming through, and, and we've now got a model that's it's scalable and and we've got lots of customers who are getting the right insurance because uh you've used avari software so so for me it's it's really about professional achievement at avari um and and as you know i I juggle a whole lot of other things in my life so it's really about seeing those those work as well so you know very happy to see insure tech australia grow to the next level uh uh I'm, i'm on the on the board of a well on the advisory committee of a, uh of time and space which helps build resilient families in australia uh you know seeing seeing them go be more successful so yeah probably probably those things are, are things that i'd like to see more
0: okay thank you. you you do definitely sit on a lot of boards and spend a lot of time giving back you've, you've been central no way to overstate that to the establishment of a thriving in tech ecosystem in australia so Thank you um, from all of the team at IntroTech Australia and everyone in the ecosystem for helping form what is now a thriving ecosystem. You've been quite pivotal, so thank you, Daniel.
1: Right, thanks, and thanks for the opportunity to talk to you today, Simon, it's great.
0: No worries, cheers mate.